I remember watching you going, how the hell is he doing so good? You know, I mean, like, yeah, you have exactly. to do. Like, his book is absolutely terrible. And he's. <laughs> no. <laughs> Welcome to the Two Authors Podcast, an entertaining chat show hosted by best selling mystery and thriller authors Douglas Pratt and Nicholas Harvey. In lively, humorous, and informative conversation with distinguished guests who share their thoughts and experience about forging a successful author career. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is us, episode one of season two. Glad to have you all aboard. And this week, our guest is going to be mystery thriller author Jeff Carson, who we're going to talk to here in a minute. But before we get started, Nick, I have a listener question for you. Let on me. What you got? All right. This comes from Michael in South Carolina. There's some good food down there. So <laughs> Doug thinks with his stomach. It's early. I haven't really had breakfast. <laughs> anyway, his question for us today is, what is your least favorite book that you've written? Not the <laughs> book you've read in general. <laughs> oh, man. That's a mean question. That's an awkward question. It's like going on a first date and, and, and sitting there and going, you need to know up front, I have really ugly feet. Can I tell you that right now? <laughs> you know, it helps. I mean, like that way she knows right off the bat, like, oh, great. <laughs> Why is he always wearing socks? Uh, he's only got four toes. <laughs> this isn't going to work. I have a foot fetish and if they're ugly, it's no good. <laughs> well, okay, let's get it back to books. So at least favorite book. This is great advertising for us, isn't it? Yeah. I wrote this one. It really sucks. That's tricky. I mean, you know, they can't all be your favorite or all be the same. So I guess it's legit. I would say, I, I kind of hate to say this because there was a couple other people involved, but my, I'm going to go with Priceless, which was a tropical author collaboration that I did with a couple other great writers. And it's not a bad book. It's fine. No, it's a great book, actually. Yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, probably. Yeah, it was it was quite a lot of work, but it ended up being a good piece. But I'd say that's probably my least favorite. It's a really great book, actually. Yeah, don't listen to him. It's really good, guys. <laughs> listeners, it's, it's a fun book. I love it. It's, you know, um, I threw myself under the bus and Doug pulled me out. Thank you, brother. Well, that's all right. I mean, it's it's a great, it's good. But I, I I think it's a legitimate question. I think I'm gonna have to go back. My 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 least favorite is probably my first one, which is also strangely because it's not like there's a lot of a lot in it. You know, I mean, that took me forever. That's the first book I ever wrote. I wrote that thing 17 times, probably rewrote it, changed the name, the name of the character, Max Sawyer. I mean, I think I, forget, I can't remember what his first name was originally, but it got completely rewritten. But honestly, like, but since then, it's, it's not that it's a, it's a bad story and I, and I love it, but the fact is I've grown so much as a writer since then that when I go back and read it, it's, there's some spots that are cringeworthy. There's some spots I'm like, I can't believe I said that. I'm like, how trite could I be? You know the best way around that, Doug? Don't go back and reread it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Fair. That's what I say about reviews. I never, I, I rarely read my reviews because it just makes me feel bad. <laughs> oh, God. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. I but, can't um, help it. I have to have a look at them sometimes. And sometimes we use them as, Marketing tools, right? We pull well, some yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. good I mean, blurbs. So you have to go look, and then there's I do that, look at that them, one in there. That, I try uh, to wait because every now and again, my most recent terrible review, the reviewer said that uh, Cat Daniels should sue me for copying his stories. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> it was. I was like, wow, that should that should put that in my uh, marketing ads. Yeah, that's you know, and I love Cat. Cat's you know, he's a good friend of ours, but uh, 
uh, I think all it was was his character is also named Chase, and they were like, yeah, "Oh, yeah, 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 yeah." In fairness, I hadn't read Cap's books until after I had written. Isn't that great? You copied a book that you've never even uh, you haven't read I'm yet. Good. Yeah. I'm good like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, who's coming on? So we have a Jeff Carson who is just phenomenal. Yeah, he's got he's an international bestseller. Uh, he's got two different mystery series out there. I am constantly watching him knock me off the charts like <laughs> he's one of those yeah, you see the, the the covers come up it's like that carson guy damn it like, he's done it again but but his his stuff is so good it's like amazing it's, it's great i mean he, he really does he nails down that whole mystery thriller vibe and um good person to copy so i uh, hopefully we'll learn a little bit from him today so cool let's uh chat with him And welcome to the show, Jeff. Glad to have you with us. Uh, you're coming to us from Italy, aren't you? That's right. Thanks for having me. Uh, my family is uh, staying here for six months. Uh, my wife is actually from Italy. So we're here kind of just visiting her family and getting my little, having my kids here, getting to spend time with Nona and Noni. Oh, or, that's sorry, awesome. No, no, excuse me. Well, that's not confusing. Learning Italian. <laughs> I was, was going to ask you, do you speak Italian? That's, that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. But I mean, it's pretty bad at, at points, you know. You think you're doing good until you get to Italy and talk to the Italians and then they're like, huh? You sound What's like a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Just speak English. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's great to have you on, Jeff. Thank you. We'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, working from Italy later. But uh, can you give us a quick uh, summary of how you got started in the author biz and when did you first get published? Yeah. So actually, it was about I think it was twelve years ago. My son, who's twelve years old now, was born, and we came here actually the first time, and we were here for like nine months or ten months, and uh, I was just kind of in a position where I wanted to have like a portable life. You know, I was, I think I had read like the four hour work week. I was doing internet marketing, just learning all that type of stuff. And I had just through the, through some internet forum I was on, I met a friend who was, who said, Oh, I'm writing fiction and I've quit my job. And it was just like, Whoa, wait a minute. What, what did you just say? You know, like, what did you just say? It was like this moment where I realized like, oh my God, that's what I've always wanted to do. But I've always thought you just had to be a, a multimillionaire and then retired and then start writing or something. So anyway, that was just the beginning of it. I just told my wife, I'm like, listen, I mean, I wasn't making any money at all doing anything anyway. And then I'm like, look, I'm really going to make, I'm really going to make no money now. I'm going to start writing fiction from scratch, you know? That's a great um, sales pitch. Look, I already, awesome. I'm already sucking at this thing already about bringing income in. So I'm going to suck really hard and do something I yeah, enjoy. Yeah, now I'm not going to, I'm not even going to do anything. Did you have like ever like as a, as a, like I always wanted to be a writer as a kid. What about you? Like, was that ever a dream or something you thought about or just? I swear to you, like, I, it was like, just like that. Like when I found out that that guy was doing that, I just got this like, oh my God, like I've always wanted to do that. And I've always talked about it and I just hadn't ever allowed myself to ever think that, you know, I remember being on road trips and listening to book tapes with like my dad. So we, I would be like, you know, this must be the coolest thing ever to be a novelist, you know? And I would say that, and I would, we'd talk about it and stuff. And then I did like a creative writing class in college. I remember, and that was the funnest class I've ever done. And she like chose my story and read it in front of the class. And I thought, you know, it gave me validation where I was like, 
actually good at it. And I just went on and got my business degree and did just random stuff that I thought I had to do to go about life. And I don't know why that just hit me when it was like, oh, you can actually make money at this. That's great. And so did you look at trad publishing versus indie? How did you come up with the route you wanted to go? Well, I came up like right at the beginning. I just learned about the self-publishing thing. And then I, you know, was looking into Hugh Howey or Hugh Hoey or whatever you call him and Jay Conrath and all these people. And I just got kind of sucked into that. And, and, you know, they're just spouting off how much they're getting screwed by trad publishing or like, I was reading all those horror stories and then I'm like, well, wait a minute, if I'm going to suck at the beginning of this anyway, I don't want some gatekeeper in front of me because I had learned the principles of internet marketing and and trying to get a, a big audience and if you're going to have some guy in front of you telling you you're not good enough for like two years just to get like an agent and then then get a publisher, it just didn't make any sense to me. So I was just like, I'm just going to go. So I had like a deep hatred for trad publishing. <laughs> I really did. I had like this, screw that. <laughs> An allergy to it right out of the gate. Well, it was, there was, you started in 2013. Is that correct? It was 2011 I started, and then so I published my first in like 2012, right at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, same year. I, I published my first one in 2011, so it was yeah, it was different. Like back then, I did attempt like to do the trad publishing thing, and I could paper my wall with rejection letters. Yeah, and I didn't want that. I was already broke enough and desperate <laughs> yeah. enough. I didn't want well, that. Could, yeah. Why do you do that? Yeah. So, so like, so for, from your perspective, starting that that early, like you're kind of like me. Like, what do you see as the differences now between what the indie world looked like in 2011, 2012 to 2024 now. I mean, to me, I think you're right. The ads, ads make a difference. Like in 2011, you could put out a book and, and, and everybody, re- I, had, I had people read my book. I probably sold more of that first book in the first two years than I did half in the last 10. And by the way, Doug, I remember watching you also. Oh, wow. Thanks. At the very beginning. I mean, I've been like with you every step of the way. Yeah, I'm the, you're the one, man. But I do remember what, I remember watching you going, how the hell is he doing so good? You know I mean? Like yeah, you have exactly. to do. Like his book is absolutely terrible. And he's. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that first one, we were just talking about that, but that, that one, you know, it's amazing what you can do from in 13 years, like the difference between when I first published and what I do now. Like that first one took me like seven, eight years to write. And now I do one in a month and a half to two months. Yeah. So, and, and much better, I think. Yeah. The number of competitors at this point too is, is exponential from uh, 2013 to now. The, the the amount of competition out there, um, which is driving up the cost of running ads everywhere on uh, Amazon and Facebook, right? I think that's a big difference too. So pretty exciting. As we're talking to you, you just had a new release yesterday, and this is uh, your newer series, right? The second book in the series? Yeah, this is my newer series, the Ali Falco series. She's a detective or an inspector in Tuscany. And this is her second book. So I kind of always wanted to do like a Colorado series and then like an Italy series, because that's kind of what we do as a family. We come here all the time and we live in Colorado. So that's perfect. Yeah, you might as well. I I, I like to set books in places just so I can go to them and visit them. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can write it's it an up. excuse. Exactly. I gotta go, like, I need to go see something. Yeah, yeah. Gotta go to Laos. Yeah, <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. So you chose a female protagonist. Talk to us a little bit about that. Why that choice? I'm interested. Like, I think there is some 
curiosity for the business side of it. Like, will this make it bigger, you know, easier to promote? And also, I wanted to do something completely different. I've always had like a pretty prominent couple of women in the David Wolf series, my main series. And I always like writing from their point of view because you can, in my mind at least, which is probably sexist in some way, but I mean, I feel like you can dig into emotions more and dig into thoughts, feelings more. Whereas like if I'm writing from David Wolf's point of view, it's like he stoically just kicks the crap out of somebody, you know, or whatever. I feel self-conscious digging into his feelings a little bit. You know what I mean? Almost. He's supposed to be this tough guy. But I mean, that's also like a big theme in my books too, is like, hey, you're going to have to dig into your feelings at some point, you know, or whatever. So those are the couple of reasons. Let me ask, because Nick also has female protagonists. So let me ask both of you, because mine are not all male. I'm, you know, there's always m- male writers take a lot of flack for writing female, her breast, breasted, breastily kind of thing. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I mean, you guys are both great writers, so trying to get around that and being conscious about that, like, you know, that's got to be a challenge sometimes because we as men, especially white men, we, we, we take a lot of flack just for that in general. So I'm sure you want to avoid that. So what's your thought process? I mean, in both of you guys. Well, I, I guess for me, like I, yeah, so like my first, what, eight books or something, I've had people, women tell me all the time, like, you're always having people watching each other's backsides as they, you know, or what, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I think I'm naturally like a pervert. I don't know what the hell. Is wrong with me, but. <laughs> and I, now I've just like shied away from all of that. It's just like, there's not ever a classy way to be checking out somebody else. You know what I mean? Even if it's a man, check, if it's a woman checking out a man, a man checking out a woman, the woman, woman, you know, it's like, there's never a way that's going to just, come across as like, Ooh, that was good prose, you know, like, (laughs) I I feel like, so I just stay away from it a lot. I mean, I don't know, Nick, what are you thinking? Good point. It's tricky. I mean, I don't do sex scenes or, uh, I've done some, uh, you know, they've had a little bit of romantic engagement, but I stay away from that side of it because I feel like I'm just, I'm lost when it comes to that. But generally, I mean, I feel writing, from the female perspective, I just draw on my experience around females. I have, I'm married to a lovely and very strong, strong woman. So basically you write everybody out of your league is what I'm hearing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, it's like, yeah. and one trick is my Nora Summer character is this uh, young Norwegian who's a policewoman in uh, Grand Cayman. And she literally does not give a shit <laughs> what anyone thinks. And so it gives me a lot of freedom with her to make observations. So she will look at someone and evaluate them, <laughs> you know, because she's, she's not doing it from a sexy or sexist point of view. She's just looking at it and, <laughs> and uh, perhaps comparing her, her, her figure to theirs. But it's not unnatural, I don't think, for Nora to do that kind of thing. But it's, it's tricky. It's a tricky balance. I mean, I do find myself... I question myself sometimes, like uh, especially with my AJ Bailey books, who's a, a more of a woman next door kind of character in, in mystery settings. Um, is is that how she would think? Is that how she would look at this situation? Is that how she would feel about certain situations? And you know, character arcs. I don't know about you. I was, it was one of the questions I was going to ask you about the character arcs over a long series, like you have with David Wolf. But now you have that challenge with your Ali Falco series that ahead you've got to make this character arc. So I try and 
choose something in every book to be a, a, an emotional challenge for the character. How do you address that? I know some people project a character arc across a series, like they'll project out like 10 books and go, this is how it's going to go across these 10. I can't quite look that far ahead. Right. Yeah. I don't. And I think I can't, I think it's like not good for me to think of the next book. It's like, I got to put all my energy in this book and make sure it's like nice and tied up. And But yeah, like I, for my arcs, yeah, I'll kind of just get them to like the next phase and something. And then I'm like, oh crap. When I just start the next book, I'm like, why, you know, what do I do now? I put them, this person in sheriff, in the sheriff's position. Do I really want this person in sheriff all the time? You know, like, what does that mean for this person? Or yeah, yeah. So like the, the longer character arcs are definitely more fly by the seat of my pants. Whereas my books are very, are pretty outlined, you know? So. Are you, you're a detailed plotter. I'm pretty, pretty detailed. I, I always get to that point where I'm, I can start off a book and I'm pretty excited and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just plotting too much. Let's go. And then I'll start writing. And then I'm like, okay, wait a minute none of this works because of this <laughs> glaring logic problem, you know? And then I got to go back and plot. And then I'm like, okay, I'm plotting too much. Just freaking right, you know? <laughs> and it just goes back and forth. I'm just about finished with the book I'm working on now. And, and I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I've got my hero on a submarine. And I'm like, crap, I didn't think about how to get him off the submarine. So now I got to go back and like, I knew where I was going from there, but like, you go, I got to figure that one out. Cause that was, yeah. You got to put the rendezvous in chapter two. Okay. I'm going right, to meet you. Now, yeah. 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 No, I just need a boat. I need a, he doesn't have a boat to get off. Of. He's stuck <laughs> in the middle of the thing. I was like, wow, right. Right. Off sub- I wanted to put a submarine in there. I was like, I didn't think far enough ahead. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so now we, we talked a little bit about like using, you know, the, locations like you know italy and colorado and you know nick's use grand came in a lot but so what do you think i mean can you the differences between your david wolf series and your ali falco series based on those the influences in from those two locales so well yeah like i mean you know in italy like everything is really structured around like food and you know i mean that's like a really big thing here and um you gotta love that Fat yeah, it's great. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm loving it. It's, it's all, we love living here, man. I mean, it's so cool. Like the wine, the focused cheese, on food the bread. every day. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. So hammered right now. It's only four. no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but like, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of difficult with the Italy. I mean, as much as I've been to Italy, I guess I'm not. You know, I'm not really Italian, so I've been really watching people and what drives them. And uh, whereas in Colorado, like. It's mostly like the wilderness and the setting is kind of like the weather plays a lot, a big deal all the time, you know, Uh, but I try to not make it drive the plot too much, but it's very easy to use the weather there because it's just, it's a big deal when you're in the mountains up there. So like for maybe weather there, cultural, maybe in Italy, is that kind of a a good idea? Yeah. Cultural in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of neat. I like the uh, I like the fact you're observing the the people and how they ha- how they go about their days and interact. That's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm thinking of it from the reader perspective uh, of uh, as the books go along and you grow and learn more and watch more and you're going to get more detailed about uh, the environment there. That's pretty cool. I'm thinking it'd be nice to sit in like cafe and have a little espresso and 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 write. It would be cool. You know, like, it's so weird here, though. You go into a coffee shop 
and it's called a bar, first of all, you know, and people will stand and have their little shots of espresso and just go, and then they just leave, they're gone. Do you have a writing space there when you're in Italy? How, how do you work that? When you're home in Colorado, presumably you have your own office or something. What do you do when you're in Italy? Yeah, yeah. I've got my own office in Colorado, but like here, so I've got my two kids, 12 and nine. They're in like, what, seventh grade and fourth grade. All we're worried about is like, hey, just keep up with math. And then as far as homeschooling goes, we're pretty, I don't know what the hell we're doing yet. It's been like a month. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll still be better than the public education they would have gotten. (laughs) Probably. That's what I feel like. I mean, come on. We're like, we're going through all sorts of scenarios and learning about history and stuff. I feel like it's going to be good for them in the long run. But what I've learned is like, just, I'm like with my freaking kids all the time. Yeah. So I have to wake up. I'm waking up at like six now and they wake up at like eight. So I have like six to eight of just like darkness. And I've been writing every day for the last couple weeks now, maybe three weeks. And that I've learned that that's really key. I can get some really good, you know, writing sprints. I do writing sprints for 30 minutes at a time and you can get like four of those done. And then I'm just, I call myself done and it's like eight 30 in the morning. And then I just feel okay with like being out of the norm over here for the rest of the day. You know, if I get more done, that's cool. But that's what I've been doing. Do your kids speak Italian? Have you and your wife raised them in a dual language home? No, she speaks, yeah, fluent Italian, but she hasn't really drilled it into them except for like the first couple of years of their lives. But my oldest, my 12 year old is really taking it in. Yeah. He's, it's weird. He has like this weird photographic memory with words and stuff. I've noticed he's, he's, he's doing really well. Some people just pick that up. That's like their, you know, the next question we're going to ask. Their like, superpower. superpower. <laughs> Look at Jeff Look at and that. his segue. My God. Yeah. You should have a podcast, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm good with segues. So, so, yeah, yeah. So your kid has a superpower. What about your author superpower? What do you think is the, is the uh, your biggest strength? I think my biggest strength is like making a character act in a realistic way. Like getting into the mind of a character figuring out what their motivations are due to their past and what their future and their present is, and then making them do just like, all I can say is, I guess, realistic things, you know? I mean, that's a thing that I, whenever somebody maybe is an up and coming writer, will I'll read some of their stuff. And that's the thing that kind of jumps out at me. Sometimes it's like, why are they doing this? Because it's out of character. It's not even in a character. You know, it's like, there's not, it's amorphous. Like what is happening with this person? There's no indication of, of that. I feel like I do a good job of like stopping myself and being like, this just doesn't ring right. You know, even though there's like, we're writers, we can write anything, but I feel like there's only one scenario that would be correct. And you know what I mean? That I have to come up with, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I think writing a longer series helps you with that, right? Because you really start to, uh, understand your character and and we all think we sound like loonies when we say that our characters talk to us but they do right i mean you're writing when you when you write your uh, your wolf character when you write something down and it doesn't jive it yells at you your character's yelling at you from the page like no 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 i wouldn't do that i would have gone i would have turned left not right there's no way he would have gone right yeah unless he's like manipulating the situation you know or something if he's going to do something out of character it better be for a reason 
Yeah, and then the other flip side of the uh, there's the would they do it from a character perspective, and then there's the outrunning fire and then jumping from the fifth floor and springing back to to their feet. There's that stuff that drives me freaking nuts. <laughs> he's always he's always knocking on my books where my does that happen? Blows oh, up all the time. Yeah, so. <laughs> only in Hollywood does this does this happen. Yeah, I do it all the time. In my, I mean, that's the whole beauty of it. I can have my characters jump from a building. You don't do it all the time. You, I, the only thing I gave you shit about was his broken ribs. He had his guy with his broken ribs, and he's like, oh, I'll shake it off. It's like, you've never had a broken rib, mate. <laughs> when you have a broken rib, you're not shaking anything off. You're sitting there like, oh, I can't breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, having said that, I mean, I have thousands of emails, you know, whatever, hundreds of emails from people telling me otherwise. That that's not my superpower, but <clears throat> that's the way I <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, first of all, don't ever listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's right. It's all right. In my last book, my my new series I just started, I I had one scene where I got through and I had fun writing it where he descends from like the top of a building. uh, And I was like, this is the most ludicrous thing, but it was so much fun to write. So I was, (laughs) uh, you know, so you've been in it for a while. What do you think has been the biggest game changer for you? So like, what is it that really, when you started out and you're like, okay, this is, you know, this is the one that suddenly I'm like, hey, I, I've kind of figured out a little bit about this business. Well, I mean, for some stupid reason, for five books, I didn't have a newsletter because I was like, oh, you don't need that. I mean, why the hell would I ever have thought that? I don't know. And after I put that in, then I, I then I had a career and I could quit my other job and then I could write full time from that point on. But otherwise, I feel like the biggest game changer for me and I have to remind myself of this all the time is just not comparing myself to other people. I think it's a great point though, not comparing yourself to others. That's, that's been something that's come up quite a bit on the show. Um, several people have brought it up and, you know, as, uh, as, as indie authors that have to do the marketing, part of the marketing is absolutely comparing yourself to other authors. What's your comps? You need to market against your comps. Who are you up against? Who are the, who's your competition? And, and so part of you has to really look at that, but you, I think probably compartmentalizing and looking at it from a business perspective as a comp and then not getting sucked into comparing yourself actually technically writing wise to somebody else and being influenced by them probably in a wrong way, right? Because our own voice needs to come out. Well, I think that's, I mean, and it's just something else that, it doesn't work for everybody. You know, we can, you know, what works for me doesn't work for Nick and doesn't work for Jeff. So, I mean, that new authors sometimes have to remember, and I always tell people this all, your mileage may vary kind of a thing. It's just a, you know, you're not going to know where it's going to quite go. What's next, Jeff? What are you working on next? I'm working on the next wolf book. I got to bounce back to the wolf series. I feel comfortable there. And uh, yeah, it's, I know I'm in Italy. And I was thinking maybe I should write the Italian book in Italy, but also I just kind of feel like I want to just take it all in. And then, are you planning on alternating? So you you write the Wolf book, then a Falco book, and then a Wolf book. I don't know, man. I'm I'm a I'm a mess. I don't know what I want to do in life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm freaking like maybe you should become a writer. I'd say you know, <laughs> yeah. you, might, you might be all right at that. So <laughs> you could be a profession. <laughs> like Doug, you you do like you know like science, right? Is it like science based or no? I have I have three science fiction books out under a pen name that do See? not sell at all. So I don't even. It was a it was an experiment with some some writer friends that started out as a um, 
we were doing a series of short stories back in like 2016. Almost everyone in there was science fiction and I was a mystery writer. So I was like, well, I'll try it. Mal Cooper's making a fortune on science. Somebody, I, I, it's got to do all right. I, you know, it did not. I, and it, I, <laughs> Larson, it was yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So you busting out, Jeff? Are you going to write in a different genre? Uh, you know, I mean, that's a good question. It's a lot of, re- I mean, you got to kind of build it back up again as a whole. You know, I even tried having two separate, with two separate pen names. I had separate newsletters. And at that time, I wasn't even writing newsletters for myself regularly enough to do one for the second one. So I just kind of let that one fall to the wayside. I feel like I'd have to be a much quicker writer and do like four books a year in order to, I'd have to like double my output in order to try to do that. Hey, what you're doing right now is working pretty well. It ain't broke, so I wouldn't try fixing it too soon. Well, but sometimes you got, you got, we, we do write the same thing and we kind of want a new, to have a little, our passion project or whatever that is. So, but we do have one more question for you, uh, which, you know, if you've listened to yet or not, but we have this fancy wheel, which has random questions. So. Jeff was thoroughly unimpressed. Did you see that? Are you folks are listening, <laughs> oh. you can't see it, but he, he was like, wow. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's not the reaction the wheel normally gets. Normally, they're like, Come on, oh, man. the wheel, yeah. We need some wheel love. It has some sound effects and everything, so you can spin it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so and we could just record that because nobody watches this. But. No, but it's much more fun to make Doug lug that around everywhere. Yeah, I have to carry it everywhere, so yeah. No, so, all right, our question for you today is, what are you reading right now? What book are you are you into right now? Right now I'm reading, there's two books by Richard Feynman. They're like autobiographies. And and this is the second one. I I couldn't believe how much I loved the first one. I don't know if you've ever watched any of his like lectures on, on YouTube or anything. He's just super interesting. Talk about a pervert. Oh my God. (laughs) He doesn't even know. (laughs) Yes. Maybe that's why I love it so much. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It's very interesting. Just his life. He talks about his life, you know, what he did. Um, He worked on the, you know, atomic bomb with Oppenheimer and just his whole everything. It's just very interesting. So I've been reading that. Everybody in that time frame was, you know, probably perverts. They just didn't come out. Yeah. And they didn't know what they were talking about. He didn't even know. (laughs) A whole generation you just labeled as perverts. (laughs) Yeah. They're the ones that read our books (laughs) too. So. They know it. They know it. They're just not telling it. You know, everyone thinks that because they just watched Oppenheimer. But Doug, what are you reading right now? Uh, I'm actually reading a Lighthouse Point. So which is your book? I know. Harvey gets a shout out. I get a yeah. Just kind of. I'm slowly because I'm trying to finish my book. So it's I'm not reading it very fast. Sorry, but um, hey, you're reading it. I'll take it. I am reading it. So how about you, sir? I am reading a, a beta copy. Actually, I guess it's not a beta copy anymore because I think he issued it. Is uh, our friend Don Rich put out a uh, a novella, quite a long novella called Mob Jack Creek, which is a pre-runner for a new spin-off series that he's doing. Jeff, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And and you're going to go off and have pasta and wine now, right? Because it's evening for you. Uh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta get some veggies in this afternoon. We had some pasta for lunch. Yeah, we went over to grandparents and they had pasta. So, uh, that's. But wine, I bet the wine. You get any good wines you found over there? That um, just all of them. You know what the thing is? <laughs> <laughs> they're like every. They're like wine three euros. Drink is, yeah, it's well, they're like three euros at the store. So I mean, that's just the thing. You know, you just get whatever. When I was uh, growing up in in uh, motor racing. 
this is in the still in the 80s if you went to a formula one race at lunchtime everyone you know started you know, took a break for lunch if they could but the italian teams would sit around a table out the back of their pit garages and what have you and they'd bring out these bowls of pasta and bottles of wine on the table and they'd have wine. The mechanics would all have wine at lunch before going back to work on the race cars. I swear to God, still it was still happening through the 70s and 80s. So, Jeff, enjoy Italy. I'm excited, actually, to read your uh, Ali Falco uh, uh, stuff. It sounds uh, really cool. And good luck with the new release. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Jeff. I'm a little jealous he's... Hanging out in a really cool oh, place know, in Italy man. right now. Italy is so much fun anyway. It's Says the guy big. in California, of course. So I, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't moan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not. No, I'm not on an island somewhere. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me. I'm slumming yeah. it. <laughs> so uh, some good nuggets in there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he, he did. You know, it's great. You know, I, I've been watching Jeff House since way back when. So to see and hear some of the stuff he's he's talking about, like. Just the idea, like the characterizations, you know, and I think that that's something writers, you know, sometimes don't pay attention to is keeping up with what their characters and how important uh, their characters are to their story. Their character's character. Yeah, their motivations, right? The uh, what they would do, what they wouldn't do. And uh, guys, so jarring when um, I'm terrible to watch TV shows and movies with. I drive Cheryl nuts because I'll pause it and go, nope. He wouldn't do yeah. that. Oh, nothing nothing about what they, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they wouldn't do that. You know, and yeah. she's really good at uh, con- continuity stuff. She's like, mm, no, the glasses are switched on the table. <laughs> well, Ashley's really good about like, we'll be listening to a story sometime and, um, and she'll say, oh, you can tell them. A man wrote this. And, 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 <laughs> I you know, hope it's, people it's don't say story. that about my, yeah. my books. <laughs> no, she's never said that about yours, but, but there's, you know, it's usually something else where, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, some big, big named authors, we won't drop names, but, you know, huge ones that will be listening to audiobooks and she'll be like, because that is, you could just tell that was a man that wrote that because that's not the way women think or something like that. And it's important to kind of get that kind of characterization right and, and understand that, honestly, I, don't, I think most people come back for your stories, my stories, probably Jeff's stories, the most people's stories, not because of the storyline. It's not that the storylines are that great, but we've got characters that people are really invested in. I think that's the root of it all, right? I mean, that's the core. If you don't have a, a protagonist that people care about and care about hearing what's going to happen to them, then then you don't have anything. All right. What's going on? What's happening in your world? Oh, well, let's see, man. I'm just... Uh, You're a writing I'm fiend. Along. I'm trying to, yes. I got, I'm You've just been knocking out a good word count. Oh, yeah. Day. Well, I've been doing, I've been doing these sprints like, um, Jeff was talking about too. And I think those help a lot, uh, kind of keep me as long as I can make sure that the area between the sprint is focused on not too long of other things. Then I can kind of get back to it. I just don't think I'd be good at that. It'd be the same as when I was doing like track and field in school. They'd be like, ready, set. I'm like, no, I'm not really ready. They'd say go well, anyway. So honestly, like the last, two days i've been working with our good friend uh, drew strickland like we did a couple of sprints together and all we do is um, we're on facebook messenger and i'm like you ready and we just do 20 minutes and uh we get through and it's not like a race to see who's got more words or anything like that it's just kind of a let me get this straight you two are sitting in your your writing spaces and you're on messenger 
and you go, we're going to have a writing sprint, right? How many words are you going to get done? And, rah, rah, rah. and then you go, go. And then for 20 minutes, you go make a cup of coffee. You have a little snack. You come back and go, woo I banged out 900 words in 20 minutes. Yep. Done. That's right. And That's he's like, dang, I only got 750. But he actually wrote the bloody 750 and you had a snack. What can I say? That could be happening. That could be happening. Could very well be. Don't rat me out now. (laughs) 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 Well, I will say, like, I think that helps keep me out of the rabbit holes. Like, you know, that is so easy to fall into. Like, you know. Until I message you. Until you message. Well, no, but if you do the little, if you're on your computer, at least my computer, you can do the timer and it turns off messenger. Oh, really? Until the timer goes off. It shuts everything else off. Shuts all notifications down. So I don't get anything. I, I can still go look at it if I needed to. But I can, like, it doesn't ding or anything like that until I get done. So if I have at least any research I need for that little section, which is usually three to 400 words, then it rolls along. So how about you, sir? We're talking too much about my process. What have you <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to finish up this little project that I've squeezed in between books, and I start uh, the new uh, Nora Summer, which I'm supposed to be starting this week, and I will start actually this weekend. I'll, uh, I'll actually start it, and then I'll be wide open on it next week so that's uh, good and then it's been uh, raining cats and um, porcupines here in uh, california so there's been tricky for some people it, you know the thing is if i was in england this rain would be like eh, it's you know just another week it's rain it's yeah a, it's, it's it's a it's pretty day today yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey it, no we've been talking about when it stopped raining that's what i say it only rained for 23 hours yeah we today. had a break for two it's hours so it was nice. great yeah, yeah. yeah. But California is not built to uh, receive this amount. Of, I thought it uh, never water. rained in Southern California. Well, it it doesn't often, and unfortunately, sometimes when it does, it's because of storms like this, and then the uh, you know the, just the way the ground doesn't soak it up in it efficiently and what have you. It uh, tends to just run away and not be captured in in the way they'll need it. So in in three months' time, they'll have a drought again. But yeah, so it's caused a lot of problems and landslides and all that stuff. Well, that's what happens when you. Build in a desert, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of thing happens. Exactly. Well, check out our show notes. Yeah, because we've got lots of, you're going to have information for Jeff and all the fun stuff we've talked about. Also links for our books, our social medias. And then we'll be back in two weeks with another guest. Until next time, be cool to each other. And fair winds and following seas. You've been listening to the Two Authors Podcast with Nicholas Harvey and Douglas Pratt. Subscribe on your favorite platform for alerts on new shows coming every two weeks.